I have a confession to make to you. There is no conspiracy taking place. What is a conspiracy, you might ask? Well, the definition of a conspiracy, according to Oxford, is a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. Calling something a conspiracy theory has been a clever way to write off and dismiss claims with evidence of wrongdoing on either side of the aisle. The word conspiracy has been transformed into meaning something that is unprovable, fear-mongering myth. But in reality, a conspiracy is just that, a secret plan by a group to do something harmful or unlawful. But, aha, here it is, what happens, what happens if the secret plan isn't secret? What happens if it's a public plan to do something harmful or unlawful? Is it now still a conspiracy? Well, in a 1963 document that was presented to the U.S. Congress, in it, it lays out 45 communist strategies to destroy sane, decent, moral society, not just in America, but across the globe. Why? To establish a quote-unquote new world order. What is it? A new world order? It's, again, one of these things that we throw around all the time. The new world order. All it means is a reshuffling of world power, a restructuring of the structures of society so that they're not under a capitalistic operation. But that this, the operandum of society would be controlled by the government rather than by free markets. Well, this document lays out this plan of how to establish a new world communist Marxist social order. And you may laugh, you may roll your eyes, and you may say, oh, yeah, see, that is. That is a conspiracy. That is conspiracy theorists talking about their Illuminati and their pyramids and their Freemasonry stuff. We're not going to be talking about any of that today. But here's the real kicker. The Marxists who laid out this master strategy for the new world order, they would read it through and with a straight face be, well, yeah, and of course that's what we want to do. Of course, that's our strategy. Of course, that's our plan. We've been talking about it for decades. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything secret. In fact, we're quite, quite proud of this. We're quite proud that this is our plan. And this is where the power of gaslighting truly comes in. That we have a plan to upend society, to reshuffle the, the structures, the morality, of not just America, but the globe that, that historically has destroyed 100 million plus lives, not just because of wars, but because of man-made famines and genocides, the killings of, of millions of people. They want to upend family structures. Why? Well, according to them, family structures are bad. And we need to create a new structure, even though we can see that with the destruction of the family comes a, a horrible, detrimental impact on society that is quite harmful. But ah, uh, yes, in one fell swoop, they are able to 
not only admit that their plan is not secret, but they can say, this is actually not going to do any harm because this, this is undoing the harmful systems that currently exist in societies. They're claiming the moral high ground of virtue because you, you're just too small-minded. And you don't know it, but you're internally oppressed by systems of the patriarchy. And so we are actually on a mission to free you. These things that will harm society, they're actually not going to harm society. They are going to free society. So in some ways, the Marxists are really being truthful, truthful that there is no conspiracy. It is an open, bold-faced agenda, one claiming that their destruction of morality, because remember, under the Marxist worldview, there is no such thing as morality or justice. It is all about power. So their destruction of morality and the harm that they will inflict on society is actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. It is, well, we're actually recording this on May 4th. May the 4th, 2022, be with you, episode 283. But this is going to be airing on May 19th. This is uh, going to be a little bit of a different episode than what we normally do. I've been... I've been traveling by the time you're listening to this. I've been traveling. And so we pre-recorded this so that we still have content out to you this week. Now, we have mentioned this document that we're going to be discussing through in today's episode. Uh, These 45 theories, these 45 strategies that were presented to Congress saying this is from communist writing, Marxist writing material, our strategy to upend Western civilization, capitalism, uh, America, Judeo-Christian values. We're going to upend that and create a new system. And this is a strategy that we are going to use to do that. We've, we've mentioned this a number of times on the show. We have even went through a number of these strategies probably a year ago on the show. But when I think through Some of the arguments that are being made today, arguments that are centered around ideas like compassion, centered around ideas uh, like freedom or caring for the least among us. They're, They're normally these arguments sound good. They sound like, well, this is actually probably a good idea. I don't know why we wouldn't, why we wouldn't want to do this. And it can be easily, easy to fall into agreement with the strategies that will lead to the destruction of Judeo-Christian worldviews across the world, uh, capitalistic systems that have helped billions across the world, and ultimately, as we've seen through history, it leads to the death of hundreds of millions of people. The 20th century was the bloodiest century probably in human history. Now, we could argue, well, that's because there's been more people than ever before in human history. Oh, okay, that's a fair argument. We could argue, well, it's the industrialization of the military and the fact that we have such incredible weapons now, that that is causing and 
it to be the bloodiest century of human history. But in actuality, it is the ideas that were adopted by societies that caused us to have lived through one of the bloodiest centuries of all human history. It wasn't the industrialization of weapons and war that led to six million Jews being led to gas chambers. Those were ideas. Ideas led them to gas chambers. It wasn't, it wasn't weapons that caused man-made famines throughout Ukraine, now Ukraine, Russia, the USSR, famines killing millions of people across China. Those were ideas that were adopted, ideas that said, we're going to overthrow the ruling class, the, the farmers who own land and are sustaining for society, giving us our food supply. We're going to take that over and we're going to turn it over, really turn it over to the government, but then give it to the, the workers, the common man to farm, but then we're not going to give them any share, any reward. It all goes back to the state. It, and it led, it ended up in hundreds of tens of millions there, but across the whole century, a hundred million plus um, dead to these communist ideas. Khmer uh, Rouge and Pol Pot, the killing fields in Cambodia. That was not because they all of a sudden had some amazing firepower. It was because they adop adopted ideas to restructure society, which led to the genocide of certain classes of people. So when we look through these, we're going we're gonna to read through these 45 goals today. And we're, there'll be some parts that we actually pause and give some context and some commentary on how it has actually come to pass. But for the most part, we're just going to be reading through these goals to understand the strategy that Marxists, socialists, progressives have and what it's unto. Many times we can get in these conversations where a policy is being put forth or an idea is being put forth and it can sound good. And we can fall for it. But if we don't see that it's actually part of a larger, grander strategy to destroy certain foundation stones, foundation blocks, or the moral fabric of a nation to bring in something destructive that we don't want, if we don't have the foresight to see that the things that we're agreeing with will actually lead to things that we don't agree with because of the way they're being placed and structured within policy not just in America, but across the globe. If we don't see that, then we will fall to those traps. And I don't want, personally, I don't want to fall prey to those things. And I don't think you want to either. So without any further ado, we're going to read through this document that was presented on January 10th, 1963 to Congress, the U.S. Congress. And this is from Cleon Cousin who wrote the, naked, the book, The Naked Communist, who went through Marxist, communist, socialist writings, open public writings, not something secret, not something hidden, where they lay out openly and publicly what their strategy is to upend society, not through a, a military conflict, but through destroying the systems that make the West strong. So here is point number one, U.S. acceptance of coexistence as the only alternative 
to atomic war. Again, on its face, it sounds good. This idea of coexistence, but in reality, it is, we have peace right now in the world because we have military strength. And if we degrade military strength for the sake of coexisting, thinking that everything can just be evil, there are players, global players in the world, who will use their military strength and use atomic war to threaten other nations to take over other nations. And we're seeing it right now with Russia and Ukraine. We are seeing it right now. And this idea of coexisting and not being strong, but just becoming one of the gang is a, a large strategy that they are using because if they can convince America of doing that, then they can actually use the weapons that they have for a forcible takeover. Point number two, these first couple of points will have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more commentary on them as they're involving a number of different policy issues. Number two, U.S. willingness to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. Of course, I don't want to see atomic war. I doubt you want to see an atomic war. It would be devastating. And this is, this point can't necessarily be said to have been achieved yet or not achieved yet, as it really depends on the, the situation or the person that is in power. But in large, in, in, by and large, America has begun to capitulate on, on many fronts in order to deter people from war. And this is what we saw with Russia and the Ukraine. The U.S. is, tr is capitulating, trying to appease, and this is what the West and the UK did with Hitler. They capitulated time and time again, trying to make these appeasements, which ended up leading to war. There are times, there are times where the just and right path to stopping a catastrophe is actually to engage in war, to engage in the process of fighting against powers that are looking to oppress other peoples. Because by doing so, cut it off at the root and enable them not to gain power. Okay, number three, develop the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. And that has happened, a movement to disarm the U.S. has been growing since the 1950s, and unilateral disarmament was the lifelong philosophy of a man named Paul Workey who negotiated the SALT II treaties with Russia between 1972 and 1979, this idea of disarmament, which we see prevalent in society today. Number four, permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. There was an act in 1951 called the Mutual Defense Assisting Control Act, or known as the Battle Act, which banned U.S economies from giving reconstruction aid to countries who are doing business with the Soviet Union. So their goal was to overthrow that. And by and large today, the United States gives aid to 
over 150 countries across the globe, whether or not they are or were uh, uh, Soviet satellites or have ties with communism. So in many ways, this has been uh, has been achieved by the, the Marxists. Number five, extension of long term loans to Russia, Russian and satellite Soviets, Soviet satellites. Excuse me. This has been a U.S. policy since 1971 and has continued through the decades. And it's a great thing that America is generous and gives aid to stabilize other parts of the world. Of course, it's been abused many a times, but it is also a a strategy by the communists so that they can take those resources and arm themselves against America. Number six, provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. As I said, U.S. gives aid to over 150 countries, and it doesn't matter who their ruler is, and doesn't matter if their ruler wants to see the destruction of America. Number seven, Grant recognition of Red China to the United Nations and to admit China into the United Nations. This was done in 1972 when, and, and finally consummated in 1979. So China is a part of the UN. Accomplished. Goal accomplished. Number eight, set up East and West Germany as separate states in spite of promises in 1955 to settle the German question by free election under the supervision of the UN. And this is when we saw the wall between East and West Germany, the famous line, tear down this wall, tear down this wall. Again, this, this was achieved. No longer is it achieved, but these members are now part of the UN, the, the members of the satellite states of the USSR. Number nine, prolong the conferences to ban atomic tests because the United States has agreed to suspend tests as long as negotiations are in process. Now, the the testing of nuclear weapons has been suspended in 1996 I believe, September 30th, 1996, there was an amendment, a law that was passed, the Hatfield-Exxon-Mitchell Amendment, which effectively stopped all testing in the United States of atomic bombs. The last time the U.S. tested a nuke was in 1992. The way they do it now is through digital visualizations to test and using small amounts of of uh, nuclear material in grams to see how it would react but this was so that this is a goal so that america couldn't continue to develop their weapons and it gives other people other nations the ability to develop their nuclear arsenal again it's going against the uh, the premise that If you are strong, then you can create a peaceful atmosphere, a peaceful coalition. 
But when nations are weak, it gives space for other nations to rise up and create war. Number 10, allow all Soviet satellite individual rep- allow all Soviet satellites individual representation in the United Nations. And this has definitely happened. 11. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. Some communist leaders believe the world can be taken over as easily by the UN as by Moscow. We have heard for many years now that the UN really is the only hope for mankind. It is the the moral and, and right arbitrator of truth in the world. This has definitely been accomplished. 12. Resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. They did try to do that in America. They tried to outlaw the Communist Party, but that was uh, overruled by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1957. And it got to the point where it was essentially saying this is a free speech. It falls under free speech. And people are allowed to organize, lecture, and plot to overthrow the U.S. government as long as they don't actually try to do it. And I can understand why this would be, because if you don't allow people to talk against the government, the U.S. government, and then the U.S. government becomes absolutely corrupt, well, then you have no recourse and no ability to mobilize against an absolutely corrupt government. And so, but this again, this is a, uh, a talking point, a strategy of the communists, and they've achieved it. 13, do away with all loyalty oaths. This is not necessarily referring to the Pledge of Allegiance, but loyalty to the Constitution. And we've seen that loyalty uh, to America and to the Constitution uh, degrade over the decades with many people who are voted into power really not liking America at all. Number 14, continue giving Russia access to the U.S. Patent Office. Now, currently, Russia does not have access to the U.S. Patent Office because of the war in Ukraine. They barred Russia from accessing it. But up to a few months ago, Russia did have access to the U.S. Patent Office. Now, it's still, uh, they would still be the World Trade Organization, which would be able to control whether or not someone could steal something that has happening in the U.S. Patent Office. But if corrupt people want to be corrupt, they are going to still steal uh, weaponry and patents to use for their own military. So again, achieved. Number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. Definitely achieved, most likely for the majority, both parties. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken America, basic American institution by claiming their activities violate civil rights. A major time that this was done, a major win, was the Warren Court in 1962, where it eliminated prayer in public schools, Bible reading in public schools, and the teaching of Christian Judeo values in public schools. And we all have seen where that has led society. 
17. Get control of the schools. Use, the, use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers, associations, and put the party line in textbooks. This is the whole war over CRT, critical race theory. Critical race theory is just an extension of Marxist communist postmodern theory. We have seen the softening of curriculum, even in higher education. How many people are coming out of the university with liberal arts degrees? I have a liberal arts degree in, in gender studies and dance. So this is definitely fully achieved, full-blown achieved. 18, gain control of all student newspapers. Achieved. 19, use student writers riots to foment public protests against programs or organizations which are under communist attack. Absolutely done. We've seen from Occupy Wall Street to Occupy whatever to BLM. We've seen student riots dominate American society for a decade plus now. 20, infiltrate the press, get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, and policy positions. Absolutely, absolutely 100% achieved. Here's a, a statistic to go with this. In 1983, 90% of the U.S. media was controlled by 50 companies. In 2011, 90% is being controlled by six companies. Six companies control the press and the media in America. 21. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Disney. This is the, the whole Disney scandal that has been happening. This is all a part of a greater Marxist agenda to undermine society, undermine morality. 22. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculptures from parks and buildings and substitute shapeless, awkward, meaningless forms. It's very interesting how art translates into the things we value and hold dear and the way we view things in society. BLM was notorious for tearing down any sort of historical or artistic sculptures or forms that had a beautiful artistic expression or told a story throughout history. If you can destroy history, if you can destroy art, if you can move it from something that is beautiful into something that is dark and chaotic, you can degrade the human mind and, and human morality. It's very interesting, the spiritual impact of art. Number 23, control art critics and directors of museum. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art. Fascinating that this is a goal. 24. Eliminate all laws governing obscenities by calling them censorship in violation of free speech and free press. This was largely done and achieved when the Supreme Court made clarifications over obscenity and erotica and free speech censorship. And essentially saying that erotica, pornography, obscenities, it's all covered underneath free speech. And this envelope is continuing to be pushed uh, of people saying, oh, it's maps. 
It's minor attraction persons, a person who is attracted to minors. And how that should be covered under freedom of expression and freedom of speech, but really it is a strategy to destroy morality in America and the globe. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography, obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Achieved. You can't go three clicks without the internet on the internet without engaging in that. 70, here's a stat. 70% of all men 18 to 24 visit at least one adult website every month. Pornography is the biggest open door of darkness in people's lives. It, is, it fuels and promotes human trafficking across the globe. And the film industry, media industry is full on in bed promoting this across all media platforms. It's blatant. 26, present homosexuality, de homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Enter LGBTQ plus A2IA plus S. This, the trans agenda, the LGBT agenda, it is a direct stem from Marxist ideology. 27, infiltrate the churches and replace Revealed religion with social religion, discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need religious crutches. I know many a Christian. I know many a Muslim. Who have adopted this point of view, where they've taken parts of their religion, parts of their beliefs, they've written them off, and they've adopted a... a religion of social justice, which is not justice at all. 28, eliminate prayer or any phrases of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principle of the separation of church and state. This happened in 1960, and then it was upheld in the Supreme Court in 1963, and at that point, prayer and Bible readings were banished from all American schools. And since then, reading the Bible and prayer has been sought out and attacked in multiple ways, including challenging the display of the Ten Commandments on public facilities, prayer in town hall meetings, and Christian and Christmas decorations being displayed on public buildings. 29. Discredit, American discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. It's a living document that we need to be able to change and manipulate as we go along. This was back in, this is, remember, this is a document that was being read back in 1963. We have seen and are seeing these now widespread, widespread ideas throughout America and, and Western culture. 30. Discredit the American founding fathers representing them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. This is a common thought that is held, especially after BLM. They really pushed this hard with the 1916 project. 31. Belittle all forms of American culture. Discourage the teaching of American history on the grounds that it was only a minor part of a big picture. 
give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. Absolutely is happening. 32. Support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of society. Education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. This is being pushed top to bottom in American society, where we are pushing more and more towards, even conservatives have been pushing more and more towards socialist ideas within the structure of societies to create enclaves of socialism within cities, in big cities. And it leads to further degradation and further weakness of families, not strength. The argument is this will strengthen families, but in reality, it weakens families. Because it doesn't make them strong individuals. Instead, it makes them dependent in, in having a codependent relationship on the state. And if you have a codependent relationship on the state, the state can control you. 33. Eliminate all laws or procedures which interfere with the operation of the communist apparatus. This is happening in America with the adoption of big government and those same people and academia and media pushing for the limiting of individual rights and further, further oversight from the government. Take the Ministry of Disinformation. That is, that is a, a communist apparatus that is being established in America to control speech and control thought, even though in the Constitution it says there shall be no, the government shall not interfere whatsoever with the freedom of speech. 34. Eliminate the House Committee on All Un-American Activities. This was a direct reference to the HUAC, the Committee on Un-American Activities, which was created in 1938 to track subversive activities in the United States by the communists or other parties. And in 1969, it was changed to the House Committee on Internal Security. And in 1975, it was abolished altogether. So point achieved. 35, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. That has not fully happened, but there's definitely been a lot of moves to discredit and to paint the FBI in a very negative light. 36, infiltrate and gain control of more unions. The private sector, unions have declined to about 6.6%, but in the government sector, it has definitely grown. 35% of all government workers are union members. Unions are a great way to control people and to control governments. They're essentially microorganisms of uh, socialism. Number 37, infiltrate and gain control over big business. It's shocking when, when I visit America and I drive through America how every big business, every corporation, they are all following the same talking points in, in their messaging, in their marketing, and it's all in alignment with everything that we've seen 
in this document, especially when it comes to the degradation of morality in America. So achieved 100%. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but a psychiatrist can understand or treat. This is tied directly into defund the police. This is tied directly into the arguments that we saw with BLM. And it's really, it does, has gained a lot of ground where, well, these people aren't really criminals. They just need mental help. When, no, actually, you're looting stores. You're committing violent crimes. That's criminal behavior. Yes. Maybe there's lots of deep-seated wounds and psychiatric disorders and pains that need to be helped, but we shouldn't be sending a, a counselor to domestic violent cases. We need to be sending police to arrest people. And then afterwards, they can get help. And they should get help. But people are making choices. People are making choices to commit violent crimes. And everything is not a psychiatric disorder. But why would you want to do that? Because if you enable a society to adopt this point of view, then you effectively have enabled society to do away with an, a, a plumb line of morality and everything becomes gray. And if everything becomes gray, you can begin to manipulate society to your, your worldview, which says there is no such thing as morality. 39, dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health law as means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. In 2012, Barack Obama obeyed the UN order by forcing U.S. insurance companies to provide free contraceptions, contra contraceptives and day-after abortion drugs to their subscribers. Using mental health and health laws to oppress and coerce people who have a certain religious moral framework. That is, abortion is wrong. Abortion is murder. Why? Because life begins at conception. There's no other time that you can point to life beginning. But they're using these arms of the government and professions to further oppress morality. Because if you can undermine morality, you can destroy a nation. 40. Discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity. An easy divorce. Mm. 41. Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Attribute prejudice, mental blocks, and the retarding of children to suppressive influence of parents. We have seen this, these last two points, 40 and 41, from the Biden administration recently, where he, he said, the children, the children of our nation belong to the nation and teachers, those children are like your children too, not just the parents when they're in your classroom. We've seen it when Harvard has said, we need to do away with homeschooling because parents shouldn't be able to raise their children. They're abusing their children. We need to do away with it and make sure that the state educates all the children. It's government education, not public education. It's government education. 
We need to, to encourage, as point 40 said, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Why? Well, here's some statistics on what happens when you encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Here are some stats of kids without fathers. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. It's Texas State of Correction. Seven, seven out of 10 youth that are housed in state-operated correctional facilities, including detention and residential treatments, come from fatherless homes. It's the U.S. Justice Department. 39% of students in America from the first grade to their senior year of high school do not have a father in their home. Children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father. That was from NPR. Number four, children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out from school before graduating than kids who have fathers in their lives. Again, NPR. Children who live in a, f- girls who live in a fatherless home have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity than girls that have their father present. Teen girls from fatherless homes are also four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20, NPR. 2021, 44% of children in homes headed by single mothers were living in poverty. Just 12% of married children, just 12% of children in married couples' families were living in poverty. That's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Children, number nine, children who live in a single parent home are two times more likely to commit suicide than children in a two-parent home. 75% of rapists are motivated by displaced anger that is associated with the feelings of abandonment that involves their father. Living in a fatherless home is a contributing factor to substance abuse, with children from such homes accounting for 75% of adolescent patients being treated for substance abuse centers, in substance abuse centers. Insane. Three more statistics here. 85% of children which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from fatherless homes. 85%. 90% of the youth in America who decide to run away from home come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides involve the child who is living in a fatherless home when they made the final decision. Why? Why would you want to influence and encourage promiscuity and easy divorce? Why would you want to accept to destroy the youth of a nation? Oh, gets me boiled. Number 42, create the impression that violence and insurrections are a legitimate aspect of the American tradition and student special interest groups should raise, rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. This is the last decade, two decades plus BLM made manifest. Number 43, overthrow all colonial governments before native populations are ready for self-governance. If you are able to convince colonial governments, or for instance, in Afghanistan, where the government was an Afghan government, but is being supported by the United States, 
if you convince them to pull out, you can over that government will be overthrown and send a nation into chaos if the system isn't strong and if the people aren't ready for self-government. Now, there's a lot of argument of how that should have happened, when that should have happened. But if you can create chaos in a nation by displacing colonial governments, then you can sweep in with ideologies that we have been seeing. 44, internationalize the Panama Canal. That happened in September 7th, 1977. Number 45, repeal the colonial reservation. So the United States cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdiction over domestic problems. Give the world court jurisdiction over nations and individuals alike. Now, this is the, the colonial reservation is one of the only major communist goals that has failed. If that gets repealed, world courts would effectively be able to step in and control all of American society. And it would effectively be a one world government, a world government of unelected official, excuse me, unaffected, unelected officials. It would essentially be a world government of unelected officials dictating what the world can be or can't be, should be or shouldn't be. And that is the Communist Party. That is the goal of the Communist Party. As we said in the beginning, the U.S., or not the U.S., just the globe itself, can be won just as easily through using the U.N. as it could from using Moscow. And so these, these are the 45 goals of the Communist agenda. And we see most of these goals, most all of these goals have been made manifest. And if they haven't been, then they're being actively pushed and actively pressed on not just American society, but it's being pushed through media and the Western society. So global society is buying in to these talking points. They're buying into this narrative. And the reason that this is so dangerous, the reason it's dangerous is that these ideas have led to genocide, have led to the killing of hundreds of millions of people worldwide. And they must be, they ought to be utterly rejected. And we ought to stand on our, our morality. We ought to stand on reason and logic. We all ought to stand on our, on our holy scriptures and texts. We ought to stand for the, the sacredness of the family, of the, the plumb line of morality, and not give in to the lies of tolerance, because that is just a weapon to push people and bludgeon people off of the principles that keep health, healthy societies and communities strong from falling for Marxist worldviews. And so when I think through arguments, when I think through what's happening in culture, when I think through the narratives and the, 
the discussions that people are having. I'm often viewing it through this lens. And in the last number of weeks, I've been thinking about how, how much we really talk about communism, socialism, and Marxism here on the show. I didn't set out to do that. I didn't particularly think about doing that. It just happened. As the more conversations I had with people, the more I began to realize that the things that are coming out of our mouths, the things that we believe are inherently tied to nihilism, to Marxism, to postmodernism, and it's eating people's lunches. It's destroying people's lives. And it is, in history, destroyed hundreds of millions of people. And it is our responsibility, our responsibility to lift up a standard and a banner that warns and protects not just our children, but for those who are around us to warn them that these, these thoughts, they have consequences. When we adopt them in our society, they have consequences. And history might not repeat itself line for line, but it does rhyme, as they say. And we can look back through history to know, to know the effects that these ideas will have. We can know the consequences that these ideas will have upon society wherever we live, whatever nation we live in. That is all for today's episode. Uh, it's a little bit of a different episode, I know. A little uh, no Weaver and Loom section, no yeah, that makes sense section. But this show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you got value out of the show, we ask that you would consider giving value back to the show in the measure that you received from the show. And you can do so by visiting lucasrobot.com backslash support. And you can give your hard cold fee out there. If you want to get more out of the show, you can also give more by sharing this show with other people. As you share with other people, you actually get more out of it because then you're able to have a conversation with your friends and family about what is happening in the world and why we ought to hold on to certain values and resist certain ideologies, even if they sound good, even if they sound tolerant and compassionate and kind on the front end. So. Go out this week and don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by communist, Marxist, socialist conspiracy theories that aren't so conspiratorial because they agree. Yep, this is exactly what we are trying to do. But I hope that you can see that this will lead to the destruction of society. Go out this week. Own the future.